0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of First Man. I
1: see the moon, the moon sees me, down through the
0: leaves of the old oak tree. The vehicle's not safe.
1: We need to fail. We need to fail down here so we don't fail up there. Please let the
0: light that shines on me. Neil. Everyone's in agreement. We'd like you to command. Shine on the one Mom, what's wrong? Nothing, honey. Your dad's going to the moon.
1: Neil Armstrong, resolve it. We have a goal for main
2: engine start. T minus 10. The entire world's watching. Nine. All right. All right. Do you question whether the program's worth the cost? Seven. In money and in lives? We Six.
0: Five. What are the chances of not
2: coming back? Four. Those kids, they don't have a father anymore. Three. So you're going to sit the boys down? Two. And you're going to prepare them for the fact you might not ever come home. One.
1: Do
0: you think you're coming back? Under control. Let the on me. I I All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for First Man, and the story is as follows. A look at the life of the astronaut Neil Armstrong and the legendary space mission that led him to become the first man to walk on the moon on july twentieth, nineteen sixty-nine. This is First Man. It is starring Ryan Gosling, Claire Foy, Jason Clark, Kyle Chandler, Corey Stoll, Syrian Hines, Christopher Abbott, Patrick Fugit, and Lucas Haas. It is directed by Damien Chazelle and written by Josh Singer. Join me for this review, I have Dan Bayer. Hello, everyone. And Katie Schaefer. Hello, hello. All right, everyone. So, this is one of the most anticipated. Oscar contenders of 2018. It's also very much anticipated because it is being directed by Damien Chazelle, former Best Director winner for a movie you all might have heard of called La La Land, and it is starring Ryan Gosling. So him and Chazelle are reteaming up again to bring us this True story about a man who did an unbelievable act. Um, he he actually planted this thing called the American flag on the moon. Can 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 you all believe that? It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but no, seriously, the. Quote unquote controversy that has surrounded this movie is completely ridiculous. I want to just first start off by saying that the three of us have seen the movie. And if you are listening to this, and you don't believe that the American flag is in this movie, you should probably go see the movie because it totally is on the moon. (laughs) So I don't even want to talk about that. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the quality of First Man. We're here to talk about its Oscar potential and what (laughs) we thought of it. So first, Katie Schaefer, what did you think of First Man?
2: I had so many mixed feelings about this. I read the book beforehand, which we talked about on the Adapted uh, podcast, if you're a Patreon subscriber. And uh, I I maybe didn't did a bad thing and finished the book right before I went and saw the movie, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Uh, But, you know, I liked a lot of this, but a lot of the directing choices I wasn't a big fan of. So, and Neil Armstrong in general, I was like, I don't know if this is really Neil Armstrong. So, uh, but Chazelle does a really, really strong job in regards to how he shoots this, uh, the direction he's trying to go, and the look. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. So much of this is good, but it kind of falls down a little bit when it comes to the story and when it comes to portrayal of Neil Armstrong, in my opinion. Not everybody's going to share that, but that's me.
1: Dan? unlike katie i have not read the book um but i given given all that i've heard about the movie and that it was um somewhat emotionally remote and difficult to connect to and all the stuff i mean with purposefully but still i was really shocked at how much, how moved I was by it and how much I loved it. And it's, it's in my like top five films of the year so far. I really loved this.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I definitely had a lot of hype for this project. I would say up until I saw the first trailer. And I saw that Damien Chazelle was going for a wildly different aesthetic than what he had previously shown us on Whiplash and La La Land. And I then had slight hesitation about it. Um, one of our uh, staff members had seen the film in a test screening. The reports from that were also a little mixed as well. And so I was going into this thinking, all right, like, let's... Let's, let's just try to keep an open mind, shall we? And <laughs> it turned out to be something that I did not expect. And it actually is Manchester by the Sea in space. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine my shock when this movie that was said to be cold and distant and very clinical in its approach, it is all of that. But what I did not expect was that because it stripped away So much of the emotional aspects of the story and presented to us this character that was uh, very headstrong and determined to achieve this monumental goal that was far beyond, uh, you know, what it had ever been achieved before by the human race. When those emotional elements did find their way into the story, they had an even greater impact on me than they might have if the whole movie was um, that kind of tone. So Damien Chazelle has proven, I think, with First Man that he is a true master storyteller. You know, it's his fourth film. Whiplash, we all thought was really great. La La Land, some thought it was greatest of all time, and some of us thought it was also just, you know, great. And some of us really didn't like it. Um, What's really, really interesting about First Man is that it's so different than those other two films. And and of course, his debut film that, you know, not a lot of us have seen, but I mean, it's still out there. Um, First Man just has a wildly different shooting style. It has a totally different um, aesthetic, has a totally different tone. Giselle is a director that, much like Steven Spielberg, I feel like, finds a way in each one of his films to adapt to the story that he is telling, but he never ever forgets the one key element, and that is, Storytelling. So I think Giselle is going to be one of those directors uh, for us where he's going to focus on what the story needs. And he as a director is going to provide that. It's he's not going to be like Wes Anderson, where we're going to be able to pick his style out right from a single image or a key scene or moment. Giselle is somebody that's going to be a chameleon. He's going to be able to shape shift to whatever of uh, a story that needs to be told and with this you know you have your influences of things like Apollo 13 and the right stuff and there are moments throughout that acknowledge those films and present to us also something that's unique that we've never even seen before which is that first person perspective that POV of actually being in the cockpit and what a scary dangerous feeling that must have been to embark on these kinds of missions. Oh my God. It's
1: completely terrifying. All of the, the flight scenes, I'm going to call them flight scenes because there are some that are in, there's one, the one that starts the movie is in a plane and the um, one that he's testing the lamb. Um, it, they're all,
0: even the training sequences.
1: Yeah. And in it's one of those few times when like the shaky cam aesthetic really works in modern cinema and that's something that is sort of I'm getting a little bit tired of. Um, but it really, really worked here. And I think that first sequence in particular is something that really sold me on, the approach they were taking to the character of Near of Neil Armstrong and what basically the thesis was for a movie. Because for almost the entire scene, you can't see his eyes. You can't see his face really. There's always something obscuring it in this face. And that's when I was like, okay. He's he's a little bit more machine than man, because he has to be, because you can't In order to survive this sort of thing, you have to put your humanity a bit aside because you have to focus on what's technically going on. And that's something that I had kind of never really thought about in terms of being a pilot or... You know, uh, an astronaut, but it's totally true. Like, these guys have to be scientists because
0: so many things can go wrong. I mean, we've seen that in movies like um, Flight and Sully, even, mm -hmm. you know, in recent years, where the smallest, smallest little thing can cause disaster.
1: Yeah. And in all of those um, sequences in the cockpit, they have. These constant close-ups on dials and levers and switches and you know, screws and uh, like everything that is holding the this thing together with you know
0: <laughs> spit and hope <laughs> made in the '60s, might I add, too. Right. Yeah. That's
2: essentially what it was too. Mm-hmm. In the book, they talk about how that that final ship that. Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong take down to the moon had walls that you could have poked a pencil through. (laughs) Like, and, and they do a great job of that. They really do. And like you said, like Armstrong is so, he's given such a, a scientist perspective in this. And that I did like, I really like how he, he's obviously the examiner and he's doing his best and It's such a scientific perspective in this, and that I did really enjoy how analytical, that's the word, how analytical Mm. Neil Armstrong is in this movie.
0: It also opens up the film to scrutiny, too, when it comes to the details, because they are focusing so much on those details. And I haven't really gotten a vibe yet from the scientific community at all, how accurate this movie is, but... I can tell you this, the feeling that it gave me while watching it was just sheer absolute terror when you're in that cockpit and the way the camera shakes to give us that feeling of, you know, you being strapped in the seat and your vision shaking, you know, it's like there were very, very few shots that show us outside of the cockpit. We're in there the entire time looking out the windows, the tiny windows, might I add, and seeing something even for a brief second because the ship is moving so, so fast, sometimes spinning out of control. Um, we see how, like, the lights in the in the cockpit are, like, kind of just swirling back and forth all over the place because of how much that camera uh, that is controlled by Linus Sangren, um, the cinematographer that previously won the Oscar for La La Land, is shaking so much. And the sound... My God, oh my God the, the sound, sound. In this is like <laughs> the rattling, the clinging, the banging, everything that is going on, like the noise alerts, the switches being pressed and moved. I mean, like, good Lord, uh, just, it, it, those moments in the cockpit during any of the missions or the tests that they take, um, those scenes alone for like editing, sound, I could very, very easily see, even for cinematography, because... As messy and as all over the place and wild as that camera is moving during those sequences, I never ever once got the sense of, well, I have no idea what is going on right now. I always knew what was happening, even when um, it was just pure mayhem and chaos. And I think that those... Aspects are going to result in this film doing very, very well uh, during award season.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, that's always one of those things with when you're taking a story that everyone knows the outcome of, and how do you still make it seem like this could fail, right? This may not actually happen. And they do a really incredible job of that. I mean, especially the sound. I don't. See, like, it's going to take something really freaking amazing to stop this from sweeping all the sound awards. Like, holy crap.
2: Yeah, it totally feels like you are there so yeah. in that moment. They do a great job of that. Even from, from that first scene where he's in the cockpit of that, mm-hmm. test, that test plane to that final moment uh, where he's, you know, dealing with his wife. Like, It's beautiful. You're there the whole time. Whole time and it's so good. I was shocked at how amazing it was to be. It felt like, oh, this is what it would sound like being shot to the moon, (laughs) and that was you can't. You don't even think about that, you know, when you think about going to space or even just thinking about, oh, what's Chazelle going to do with First Man? That the sound is going to play such a pivotal role in uh, drawing you in to the story, and it really does, and he does such a good job of it, and, oh, that part of it, I was like, oh, Chiselle, you've really won with me. You've won me over with this.
0: <laughs> now, what did you all think of the actual sequence on the moon? Because even though we're not going to reveal full spoilers, <laughs> um this is something that is history. It's something that we know happened. They they do make it to the moon. Oh, oh he and made I, it! And, and they <laughs> do plant a flag Spoiler, on the moon. Just Throwing that out there. Um, Oh, God. So what did you all think of the moon uh, landing sequence and when Neil Armstrong is actually up there?
1: When I was leaving the theater... And, and, and I do have to preface this thing, so I, I don't know about the two of you, but I saw this on IMAX screen. and
0: I did too. Yeah, me too. I have to
1: imagine that it plays completely differently on a non-IMAX screen, um, judging by how they use the,
0: the format. There's a switch in IMAX ratio, actually, I think, when they land on the moon. It's
1: fantastic. And when I was leaving, I heard some people comparing it to that moment in the wizard of oz when dorothy opens the door from the house on oz and you see everything in color for the first time oh wow and i i don't know that i'd go quite that far but it certainly has that holy mother of god kind of moment when he actually steps out onto the moon and I thought it was really, really
0: fantastic. Well, I think a large reason for that, too, is because Giselle does such a great job, both with the aesthetic, like we were talking about earlier, of how he decided to shoot this movie. Mm -hmm. The overall look of it places you right there in the 1960s. It has a very throwback, old Hollywood feel to it when you watch it. So there's a sense of time and there's a sense of place. And as a result of that, combined with placing you in that first person perspective within the cockpit during the missions during the training. And then when we get to the moon landing sequence, I think there's a bit of that feeling of throughout the whole movie, you feel like you are there, you feel like you've been in lock and step with history, that when we actually get to the moon, it doesn't feel overworldly, it doesn't feel science fiction esque, it feels real. Like, yeah. it feels like we're actually there and we just so happen to take cameras up there documentary style or something, you know?
2: Right, it feels like a goal has been met. Like, they've they've achieved this thing that they've been trying for and that was so well done. I loved that that sequence, the moon landing sequence, I thought was great. They did such a good job of portraying how alien that environment is and yet how fascinating it is and how mm. Neil... Uh, treated it, stepping out onto the moon. And that was, I was riveted through that whole sequence. How I, I was like, oh, how is he going to handle this? Even though I knew how he handled it. I've seen <laughs> that footage. Yeah, You're still just like, oh, this is crazy. I can't believe we made it. There's this whole level of excitement for me once they get to the moon. And because there's so much struggle in the movie before they even get there. That even though you know what's coming, there's still a little bit of like, yeah, we did it, you know, yeah. once they finally make it, that once he's there, it was such a emotional experience to watch him step out there and say his magical words and <laughs> take those photos and do all those things. And it felt uh, momentous to, to see and watch.
1: Yeah, I feel like it just really captured every bit of what it must have felt like to be Neil Armstrong in that moment. I, and I have to mention the um, the score by Justin Hurwitz. It's unbelievable. Um, because
2: such a great score. The, it's
1: it really captures this feeling of sort of like peacefulness, even amongst this moment of ridiculous, impossible grandeur. And especially how most of the sequence doesn't even have any score at all or any sound, really, other than just him speaking. Um, it's wonderful.
0: There's a great uh, thing that my, our, our old friend Tommy Barcunero, uh said on Twitter that really resonated with me. And that there's a thorough line between Whiplash, La La Land, and now First Man for Damien Chazelle. And that is these characters who are striving for a goal, but simultaneously... And they may not realize it, but we, the audience, eventually realize that they're also striving for inner peace. Mm. And that is something that we can all relate to. And that is something that has helped, I think, with um, the reception to all of these movies and what helps to make them all feel very human in a major way. Here is a character who, right from the very, very beginning, we're on his side when he's a very sympathetic character and we always understand where his mind is at, even if, um, say, his wife, uh, played by Claire Foy, uh, doesn't, I think that we all can understand uh, where Neil's head's at the entire film. So that this way, when we do get to the climactic scene at the end of the film, and there is a moment, whether it happened or it didn't, it just feels like the perfect, perfect cinematic moment. Um, for and, and culmination of the story, culmination for this character, Justin Hurwood's music uh, comes in, like you were saying before, and it's just every single note is pitch perfect in that moment. And like I was saying before, so much of the film is stripped away, and it is very uh, clinical in its approach and how it tackles um, the realities and the details of these missions that we almost... I I feel like the the human the more human emotional elements get sprinkled a little bit throughout the movie, um, but they're not like hitting us over the head with it. So this way, when we do get to the third act, and you know, you got you all know that moment I'm referring to. Yeah, that moment happens. Yes. It, it just oh, it like it hits you right in the gut.
1: Yeah, I was. Not prepared for how emotional I was going to get with that at <laughs> all. At See, all. And I knew
2: that was all coming. I, I predicted it from the point when I read the book. I was like, oh, this is where we're going to go with this. This is how we're going to make this an emotional story because Neil Armstrong was not an emotional person. He was very. <laughs> not really that interesting of a character. <laughs> he's not, sadly. I, and you don't need to be to, to be the first fucking man on the moon. You know, he's. He's a cool dude in and of himself, but he doesn't have a whole lot of emotional depth to him as a person because he kept so much of that uh, inside. And so I figured this is where we're going to go with this. This is how we're going to make him an emotionally connective character for the audience. And that final end scene, like you or that final moment, like you said, whether or not it happened, because that part, no one knows. He refuses to talk he refused to talk about it till his dying days whether or not that was something that actually happened and I was I knew it was coming but I was still like good job good job this is exactly what I wanted to see out of it I wanted to see this emotional depth and this uh
0: tear jerker moment almost and a lot of it has to be sold by uh Gosling and he has an enormous job on his hands to somehow keep the audience invested and not lose us, despite the fact that this character is meant to be impenetrable. So I'm really curious to know uh, what both of your takes are on Gosling's performance and this, where it ranks for you with his other performances, because I have to admit personally, I did find it frustrating at times. I, I kind of, because this is also a performance we've seen Ryan Gosling give before, Um and I think that was the thing that stopped it from being like an all time great for me from him, because I with with kind of drive and Blade Runner 2049, um, I kind of got the sense of, well, I've seen this before. You know what I mean? Yeah, um,
1: I don't know if I'd say it's one of his best performances so much as I think it was perfect casting.
2: I agree. The- Casting is so good.
1: If you're going for someone who needs to feel somehow remote and distant, but also have the audience connect to him, like, Ryan Gosling is who you pick. (laughs) That's who you cast in the role. And I thought he was really, really great. Um, I... I don't know if it's one of his best performances or not. I'd probably have to (laughs) go back and look at the movie again to see, but um, I still thought he was really good.
0: What I wasn't expecting was I was not expecting Claire Foy to actually be best in show in this for me. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, just that, that line from the trailer that I, I, I've i been saying in a couple of different episodes uh, since it debuted, like, just her Oscar scene moment, like, you're a bunch of boys. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> I, love I I just that thought moment. to myself, I don't know if I'm going to, like, like this performance because, this once again, <laughs> like, this character is written in a way like how like how Neil Armstrong is written a way to be impenetrable. This character is written in such a bland way to be the wife at home who's worried. And it's like, oh, not this role. God, not this role. But Claire Foy. Actually, I thought elevated the role.
1: Yeah, I think both her performance and the script a little bit, but I think she pushed it uh, further Sort of want to take it away from that, you know, just the worried wife at home stuff. She she certainly is the worried wife at home. What, What wife of an astronaut wouldn't be, particularly at that time. But I think she fights it at every chance. Like, she is a strong woman in and of herself. And she brings that to every moment, I think.
2: I think Gosling and Claire Foy are kind of limited by what the script has to offer them because Armstrong was a very, very bland man. You know, he was very serious and very, you know, personable, but kept everything to himself. And the thing I took away from that book was, honestly, I want to read an autobiography about his wife because she put up with so much crap and she was obviously... Uh, the more emotional and impactful of the two of them, and Janet, I, I was I was really fascinated to see how Claire Foy would pull this off, and she does a great job with what she's given, because they only give you a tiny perspective in a tiny little bit of perspective into what she's going through, and she just takes advantage of every single moment on screen to give you this idea of what she's dealing with as an astronaut's wife, as a test pilot's wife, as, you know, a woman in the time and trying to force her husband to reckon with the consequences of his behavior and his job. Like, I I loved Claire Foy in this, even though it is a little hysterical at points. And it is, like you said, Matt, a worried woman at home type role but she rocks it in this and isn't afraid to take it to 11 and that i loved that you're just a bunch of boys
1: <laughs>
0: I, I love that like, line so much i, I love like, the way she right, said it that's right bitch, they are yes. just a
2: bunch of boys <laughs> screw them
0: <laughs> now those boys this is my this is my biggest complaint about the film all those boys are wasted in this movie Foy and Gosling, uh, like you were saying, Katie, um, they were given material to work with. It is what it is. But Kyle Chandler, Jason Clark, Patrick Fugit, uh, Syrian Hines, like all of these people who like are like such an A list supporting cast. Even um, uh, Corey Stoll, I just feel like they didn't get anything to do in this.
2: Nope, exactly. Like with Buzz Buzz Aldrin, like there is a lot of information about how Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong felt about each other, whether (laughs) or rather, there's a lot of information about how Buzz Aldrin felt about Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong (laughs) kept his peace about Buzz Aldrin to the end of his days, uh, but. I was expecting so much more with that. I wanted so much more with that, especially with Corey Salt. Like that guy is so good at being like the arrogant jerk, and we see a little bit of that in the film, but not nearly enough. There isn't enough for any of them to do. And like I know the names of all these all these dudes from all my reading outside of the First Man biography, so I was excited to see their roles in this, and they're just like. They're just kind of sprinkled in there as, like, flavoring. But we don't get any real scenes with them. And that... Well, Jason
0: Clark, maybe. He's the only one. Yeah. Yes. And there's a reason for that. And what's really unfortunate about that was that when that scene happens in the movie, um, that's where the coldness of the movie was kind of washing over me a little bit too much. And I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be caring about this a little bit more. Like, I'm supposed to be more emotionally invested but, like, it was really, really tough when you have a lead character who's supposed to be reacting to, you know, certain things that are happening in the movie and he's barely reacting.
2: <laughs> right. And he just kind of stands there <laughs> and is, is
0: like, breaks a wine glass or two.
2: <laughs> right. Right. And that is definitely something that's inherently a problem because that's who neil armstrong was and and so i i knew gosling was going to have an uphill battle just i I read the book it was like oh god he's gonna have a really hard time making this like a compelling person and a compelling choice because this guy is so you know quiet
1: see i that was sort of what i found compelling about it though is that there's this constant I saw this, like, constant fight in Gossing's performance, you know, between that whole thing that I mentioned before, between being man and being machine, between being human and being a scientist, um, That that I thought was, if not particularly dynamic, <laughs> was very interesting and engaging, and was enough of a hook for me to engage emotionally with this character, and... To connect with where he was And all these emotional moments And I, for me it was about him Losing and regaining his humanity In a way Because he has to tamp down on that so much When he's up there in the cockpit Of all these things that he's flying And sometimes he forgets to be a human on Earth Or doesn't know how to process things like a human Because he has to suppress those feelings so much in order to you know stay alive
2: right everything depends on him keeping his cool
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and so those moments when normal people would be losing their cool and getting emotional he has to not or he doesn't know how and i i find that incredibly compelling and always interesting to watch.
0: All right. Well, let's uh, move over now to uh, final thoughts on the film. Uh, we'll give uh, anything that we have not addressed uh, so far. If you have any final thoughts, feel free to say them. Then we're going to talk about the film's Oscar potential and what grade out of 10 you would give to First Man. So let's pass it over to Katie first. Uh, any uh, final thoughts on the film?
2: I was such a mixed bag on this. I really like so much of it, and it really just wasn't... Wasn't drawn in by some of it, and some of that is because Neil Armstrong is such a cipher of a character and, and such a quiet person that Gosling only had so much to work with, and so what he has to work with, he really takes it to eleven. If if you'll pardon the the, the reference, um, you know, and that I liked about it, I love Gosling, and I was I was down to see, however, he brought this, and I think. Chiselle brings it all together in the end, and it's such a powerful movie by the end of it, that the, the walking on the moon and all of that, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. That was my, that was my biggest takeaway from it. Like, wow, they really did a good job with making you feel the impactfulness and the importance of someone making it to this, to the moon and this huge step forward for mankind.
0: Wow. Okay. Uh, So what would you give it out of 10?
2: Uh, (laughs) I would probably do a 7 out of 10, honestly.
0: Okay. All right. That's fair. Respectable. I get it. Dan, (laughs) what about you?
1: I love this movie. It's one of my favorite films of the year. It's an incredible technical marvel, I think. um, And that's sort of, Overshadows a lot of the more human aspects at points, but it worked like gangbusters for me as someone who, you know, when he was a little kid, wanted to be an astronaut so bad um, until he actually figured out what has to go into being an astronaut.
0: I was going to say, like little kids <laughs> that would dream of being astronauts, like I can imagine, like you're five, I want to be an astronaut, Dad, you watch this and you're like, Oh that doesn't look like Maybe fun <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> that horrible thing where they're riding the the, the gyroscope is oh my god <laughs> oh god,
0: vomit awful. inducing awful <laughs>
2: yeah. you ride it till you pass out and then we're doing it again
1: I loved it I thought the performances were great I thought a lot of the direction was really well done the score is beautiful the cinematography is great I'm just in love with this movie. <laughs>
0: And what's your grade out of 10? Um, it's a 9 out of 10. Alrighty. And I'm going to go somewhere right in the middle, and I'm going to stick with an 8 out of 10 for me. Um, I've pretty much said everything that I want to say about this movie, although I do want to just comment on one thing about Justin Hurwitz's score. Um, and that is that I, I, I found the score, while it was really good, did anybody else get the sense that some of the scenes where the score played, it just felt like it was from a totally different movie altogether?
2: A little bit. Only only occasionally, but a little bit. I was like, why are we doing this really dramatic song right now? This is a lot.
1: Yeah, there may be one or two scenes.
0: It almost felt like um each scene called for almost like a different composer to come in and score it at times I almost felt like. Um and I couldn't really find the thorough line uh, you know, through it all, but uh maybe when I listen to it on its own, because I really do like it a lot, um, I'll definitely be able to take a little bit more out of it. Um, You know, that scene where they actually are landing on the moon, it reminded me so much of Hans Zimmer and what he did with um, Interstellar's score. I was about to say Mm. Inception. Interstellar's uh, score and how he was able to make the score be like a character in some of those uh, more tense sequences. And I felt the same way while watching First Man, and that was really cool. Any other final points? I, I can't really think of any other of it to say also, too. I really appreciate that the visual effects in this are kept to a minimum. Like, this is no gravity By any means, this is definitely something that feels like uh, two films I said earlier, the right stuff and Apollo uh, 13 in many ways where there are visual effects elements in the film, but they are almost invisible. And because the film is steeped so much within reality, they blend in very nicely to give you that um, overall sense of not being able to be taken out of the movie (laughs) at times. uh, There were other things that maybe would take you out of the movie, but the visual effects I don't think was uh, one of those elements. With that said, like I said, 8 out of 10, um, and now it's Oscar potential. So, like, potential is all across the board. I mean, picture, actor, director, supporting actress, the screenplay, you could go as far as to say production design, the cinematography, both sounds, the editing, the score, However, like, as the season has been kind of going on, I've been kind of chipping away a little bit more and more at First Man. And I really, really, really hate to say this, but this movie also looks like it's going to bomb at the box office, unfortunately. So I could see a scenario where this is where we previously thought it wasn't across the board contender. Maybe it only walks away with six nominations. You know, it's like... I, I firmly believe that her would score, film editing, and both sounds are locked. No matter yeah. what, those four are getting in. They have to. I just can't imagine them missing. <laughs> um, beyond that, I think Foy is good for a nomination. And then after that, I I would actually go so far as to say, I think, you know what? What am I up to? I'm up to five? You know what? Seven. I would say Chazelle in picture <laughs> at that point. I think the cinematography is going to be tough for some people because it is kind of uh, ugly at times, but I mean... It's cinema verite. Yeah, and I don't know if that they're going to respond to that so much. Um, production design, there's going to be flashier contenders this year. The visual effects, like I said before, are so good that they're non-existent. And Ryan Gosling's performance, oh, man. Like, I know we kind of felt like we saw this a little bit with Casey Affleck and Manchester by the Sea, that internalized performance of a man who is trying to shelter his grief but i just i don't know i don't know like this one ah.
2: i feel like it'll be too understated i
1: feel like if gosling gets in it's because the academy really likes him yeah I don't think it'll be a reflection on the movie or the rest of the field so much as if he does get in, that means they really, really like him.
0: Sally Field. They're going to Sally Field him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't think he's going to win. Brian Gosling gets up there. You like me. You really like
1: me.
2: I I feel like Gosling did a good job. But at the same time, like if we're talking about a good portrayal of Neil Armstrong, it's not a good portrayal of Neil Armstrong. I feel like Neil Armstrong wouldn't be happy if he saw this because he's kind of a a, a little bit of an asshole in this, like it. It really focuses, but on- is
0: that so much Gosling's fault, or and more so no. The writing?
2: No, it's not. But Gosling has to deal with the with the fallout of that you know because he can only play what's on the what's mm-hmm. on the page yeah. as it were and he does a great job gosling always does a great job but there's just not enough to work with for him in this i think like you said he'll get a nomination he'll get a nod but i don't think he'll win for this and i think we'll see better performances from him that deserve a nomination cuz this just doesn't give him an opportunity to show his range
0: it's just kind of there's kind of
2: two versions of Gosling in this and that's it.
0: Yeah. I I, I think we're at a point where I would say anywhere between six to nine nominations sounds about right for this movie. Yeah. And
2: anyone should be happy with that. That is insane.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it gets the, the six, you know, Uh, which I think is probably honest. I really believe that might be its worst day. I know some people will probably say lower would be its worst day, but Mm. I mean, these technicals are too good to ignore. I feel like, and they are the front runners to win in certain areas. So, and I think Foy is just having a breakout year, um, with both the crown, uh, the girl in the, whatever the hell that movie's called
1: girl in the spiders. (laughs) Web. Okay, sure.
0: Um, unsane and everything else that she's been doing with her career the last two years. I feel like this is going to be a welcome to the club nomination for her. Absolutely. And I think the technical prowess that Chazelle puts on the screen, I think that people are really going to respect that Um, picture. I feel like can go along with it too. Cause Dan, if there's a lot of people like you, then I, I could totally see you know, that movie getting the first place votes that it needs. So
1: I could like very easily see this being one of those, like if it was back in the days of five nominees, I could see this being like the lone director nomination, you know, where it just misses Best Picture, but Damien Chazelle would get in.
0: Oh, I could see that happening too.
1: But since we have the anywhere between five and ten, I feel like it it will be in for picture because it will have enough people who will put it in number one.
2: Yeah, I can see that too. I I think it, but I don't think it wins. No, 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 sure. not right. at all. And, and in this year. No, thank you. (laughs) It's a good movie, but no, there are better movies out there right now. And I think the Academy will recognize that, but they'll still give it the good job. You did a good job with this. (laughs) And and it also has the, you know, uh, American pride and human pride almost because this yeah. is a human achievement if,
0: if people will actually see the movie and recognize that mm-hmm. i know
2: uh I, I matt i feel you i talked to my mom about this and told her about it and she <laughs> said that shit and i was like mom no this is an this is a movie about american people with american companies making american products and everybody in it is in the movie, not necessarily the actual players in it, but who's the story is about is Americans doing an American thing and going to the moon. Like, do we really need a frickin' flag planting to sell you on that? This is an American achievement.
1: And they even include, like, the television interviews of like, people in foreign countries saying, like, yeah, I knew America could do it. Right. And like, come on, how much more do you want? <laughs>
2: and that that point on the moon is is used, but like I totally get it why they didn't they were like, Well, we didn't show that and it's like, Well, no, of course they didn't show that because it didn't fit in with what they were showing on the moon. Right. There is a whole point and purpose to Armstrong being on the moon and what they show from that that is all about the emotional the emotional interplay of that film. And mm-hmm. I didn't need to see them planting the flag on the moon. And if you read the story behind it, that was something that was last minute. They weren't going to initially do that. There was debate.
0: What if you read the story behind it?
2: If you read the story behind uh, whether or not they were going to bring the flag to the moon, that was something that was decided last minute. They weren't sure. I I just wanted to say that 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 part of it was something that was very debated by NASA at the end like they planned that that uh flag planting about two weeks before the actual moon landing so it was something that wasn't even necessarily going to be included by them in the original act so people need to just chill the fuck out
0: and that is the perfect way to end this podcast (laughs) review. chill the fuck out (laughs) it's a freaking movie enjoy it with that said uh dan where can they find you on the internet you can find me on Twitter at Dance and Dan on film. Katie?
2: You can find me at KT underscore Schaefer.
0: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of First Man here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Player FM, also on Castbox and ACast. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate that level of feedback. And also, if you want to support us, head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content like the Next Best Adaptation episode, where Katie Schaefer and Will Mavity dive deep into the book First Man and talk about the book itself and how it would play for the adaptation for the big screen. Thank you so much for listening and we shall see you all next time.